Well, welcome to session three of Sales Therapy. It's been so great to hear from listeners over these last few weeks. Uh, we're, we're genuinely thankful that you're listening and you're giving us feedback. This week's therapy session is going to be a little bit different as we're going to welcome in our very first guest. Yeah, so our first guest is a good friend of mine who I mentioned back in episode one. He's been an integral mentor uh, over my sales career, not just professionally, but also uh, from a faith perspective, John Hamby. So John and I met uh, through uh, a friend of ours, Billy Leonard, back when I was interning. Uh, one of my first jobs really right out of college. And I was kind of going into figuring out if I wanted to go into sales and what that looked like. And so Billy connected John and I, and we just kind of hit it off. Um, and so fast forward to the, to today, we're, we're 10 years as, um, as friends. And um, yeah, John has been an, an awesome friend, an awesome guide uh, to me, um, and has been fortunate to have a beautiful family, a wonderful wife. And uh, as, as we go through today's interview, we'll hear a little bit more about how all that uh, kind of ties into his career as well. Well, without any further ado, sales therapy is now in session. Well, John, first off, thanks so much for being our first guest uh, on sales therapy. I was telling Linear, I couldn't think of anyone better to share some wisdom about you know what it looks like to build a career in sales, but also while keeping your faith and family you know at the center of your life. And so John, for our listeners, would you just tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Well, so John Hamby is uh, born in South Georgia, grew up uh, in the Atlanta area for the most part my entire life. Uh, got married in 2002 to Kelly. Uh, we met actually when we were selling Cutco Cutlery, which is a big part of my life and a big part of my story. These knives change lives, as they uh, <laughs> said. So we've been married, uh, just celebrated 20 years. Got four uh, amazing, beautiful, challenging kids, uh, ages <laughs> 13, 10, 8, and 5. Uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, COVID was uh, was unfortunate for a lot of folks. And I uh, uh, have to say it was uh, a blessing to my family and with the career of God allowed us to move down to the southeast coast of Georgia. And so we've been here for two and a half years and still getting unpacked and settled. <laughs> what would you say has you know, been some of the greatest challenges um, that you know, related to building a career in, in sales and in with, you know, with Northwestern? Well, I think with any career and with life in general, we're going to face setbacks and challenges and adversity. Uh, I think the world of sales uh, is exponentially higher <laughs> that you're going to face setback and rejection and delay and disappointment. And so without a doubt, the, the most challenging part is just managing and controlling negative thoughts and emotions and just never realized how uh, how integral your thinking is with a performance compensated position. Yeah, we actually, um, it's funny, we talked about that on our last show. Uh, it was a lot about just dealing with rejection and how do you manage the highs and lows and, you know, what are some good things also that have come from that? Um, and so for you, you know, what would you say has been you know, the most rewarding aspect of your career? 
you know, the managing partner I worked for in Atlanta that ran the Northwestern Mutual office, he said the best thing about our career, and he was talking about us being a financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual, is the person that you will become throughout your career. The changes, the growth, pushing through negative thoughts, pushing through uh, self-imposed limits. Um, but the more I uh, go through uh, the years, I, I look back and, and I absolutely agree with that and, and say just the, the things that you have to overcome uh, within yourself that the, the career really, it reveals. And a lot of that is, is fear-based thinking. Yeah, that's really good. It, it's your number one uh, stumbling block in a sales career is in the mirror every single day. I, I mean, if you can if you can master you, you can be pretty good at it. But but that's a tough thing to master. Any little anecdotes? Any any stories along the way of of bumping into clients, bumping into people, and and it, and it went a, a strange direction. Uh, you know, there were so many conversations I had that I did some math and with Northwestern Mutual going on 18 years, um, it's over 12,000 meetings that I've had Wow! with clients. Um, doing the math over Cutco, I'd be a little bit more guessing, but probably 4,000 meetings. <laughs> and you, you just get so many interactions uh, and I can just have little flashbacks of conversations. Uh, and I can remember one lady, uh, she literally stuck the paring knife in her hand <laughs> as we were going through it. And, uh, you know, and I'm kind of freaking out and she's totally calm. And I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? Do you mean, you know, clean this up? You know, don't worry about this. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, I'll be fine. And she wrapped a towel around here. She goes, okay, and I want to get this knife and I want to get the, the block. And I want to get, I said, ma'am, I said, I think you need stitches. Yeah, probably going to need stitches, but let me, let's finish this up. And then I'm oh going to leave for the hospital. Um, and, and so she asked me to pick up the phone and dial her husband's number so she could tell him what had happened and that this nice young man was going to be in the kitchen finishing up what she and I were talking about. And so she left, she wrote out a check and signed it and said, just fill in the amount. And, um, and then I'll, I'll be looking for my knives. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty wild. So if my math is correct and I'm not great at it, but between Northwestern, you said how many meetings you think it was that you've had 12,000? 12,000 with Northwestern and then and another four Yes, about another 4,000 with Cutco. I did Cutco own and off for about 10 years. Okay. So I did it so while you've, I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a, a, a decent sample size of roughly 16,000 meetings. So if there's somebody that's listening, that's exploring a career in sales or just kind of getting started in the sales industry, what advice would you give them? It's, it's got to start with a belief in whatever company or product or service you're representing. And I've always been the type of person where I'm not a good liar. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. It's a good way, um, good place to start. <laughs> Honesty is key. <laughs> so, 
yeah. And so I, I quickly became a, a believer in Cutco and I have it to this day. Uh, our neighbor down here uh, in St. Simon's, uh, we were at their house. I see the knives. It's always a talking point, you know, and she had some old Cutco knives. And I said, hey, I'm going to send these back for you. You're going to be amazed when they come back. I mean, I, I just really um, am amazed at the company. They replace stuff for free. And I, I just 100% believe that they are the best knife. Um, I know chefs like their Hinkles and Wushtoff, and that's a, a different uh, different conversation. But for ma- the majority of people, Cutco is the right knife. So just the, the belief in it is absolutely number one. Uh, perseverance, uh, you know, I, I can't think of any one single characteristic more important than just persistence slash perseverance and you just you're going to get kicked in the teeth some days and the negative thoughts come um but uh you know i'd also say focusing on the inputs the inputs meaning the phone calls uh what it takes how many meetings you've got to to set how many customers or potential clients you've got to get in front of the inputs is really all that we control. I can control how many phone calls I make. I can't control the outcomes or results of those phone calls. And that, that really took me a long time to, to grasp. And I still struggle with that. You know, we all want uh, results and, and outcomes that we want for a lot of times selfish reasons. But I think definitely focusing on the the inputs. So you've said a couple things about persistence and just kind of that stick to itiveness. Um, when you've gone through some of those those peaks and valleys, is there like a, a a scripture or like a biblical principle or anything like that that has been important to you in your career that you you know you've lived by or or something like that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, since 1999, I'd say I've, I've had a intentional focus on my fate, uh, practicing, uh, daily disciplines. And it's, it's not about checking the box, but, um, you know, it's been pretty, um, routine oriented. Uh, and so I've always, uh, read scripture. And so then I started writing them down on note cards and probably the one single verse that I've quoted to myself more than anything is Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. A prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Mm. And there are just so many times when uh, anxiety is is just a part of um, definitely a part of the world of, of sales, but to some degree a part of life. And that verse, uh, if you can wear a verse out, I've come close to wearing that one out. <laughs> uh, Isaiah 26, three is another one that really comes to mind. And that is, uh, uh that if we fix our mind on God, uh, I'm on the spot here. Uh, he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind has stayed on him. So if I keep God in my thoughts, he will keep me in perfect peace. And that, that really is always the source of the anxiety is when I turn my focus away from God 
and focusing on my results instead of my inputs, mm-hmm. trying to control things. As you've gone through your career, John, um, is there is there a time that you can remember where your faith was just really challenged? And, um, you know, how, how did you work through that? How did that experience affect you moving forward? Yeah, the time that, that absolutely comes front of mind is right after we had our second uh, which is Ileana. So it would have been 2012. And I'd let my assistant go the month before she was born. And it's just some challenges. Anytime you, you hire employees, it's, it's not easy being an employer. And so it wasn't the right fit. And, you know, I was looking at the cash flow for paying her salary and the results and our interaction. It just wasn't the right fit. So I let her go not thinking about I was doubling my workload uh, on top of the normal stresses that come along with having another child. Uh, Oh, and we moved during this process as well. So we moved about this time and uh, it was just a perfect storm for uh, pressures to, to build up. And I'd, I'd experienced a little bit of anxiety, but not really what I consider debilitating anxiety. And there's, there's anxiety that, improves performance but then you hit a peak and you start going the other direction and it impedes performance and i really got into a couple of months where i I was not sleeping much at all because of work because of a newborn trying to do what i could for you know helping my wife um so i i was uh, on my knees a lot uh there's a special little picnic table outside our office in Norcross that I was going into at the time. Uh, many, many times I was there almost before light and uh, was there at night and would sit at that picnic table and review my note cards and focus on, uh, you know, to the best I could, focus on the inputs. But there was definitely, uh, that was a, a tough season. John, you you strike me as as somebody who's pretty comfortable in his own skin. Somebody who you know, I imagine in in sales situations, you're you're much the same way. Is that something that you've kind of come by naturally? Did, did you early on in your career feel like you had to be a little more performative and and maybe try and be something that you're not, or have you always been kind of able to find your way in sales just being you? Uh, it's certainly been a progression. <laughs> of uh what i call ojt on the job training uh i'd say the the uh first years particularly my cutco career uh was impacted by what was a a really negative experience in that i was at a conference and the manager uh for our land office said when we go to these conferences you need to sit at tables with people from other offices because you'll learn new things you'll get to know more people you get to hang out with people in our office so get to know people in other offices so i went and sat at a table away from where he was sitting and a couple of the atlanta folks were sitting and lo and behold i ended up sitting there and eating lunch by myself and i looked at a couple of the tables where the top cutco reps were and of course their table was full and so in that moment fighting back the tears i said I'm going to be on stage. And while I was able to hit some numbers and break a few personal records and some records in the office, I did find my way uh, 
in into that spot on stage. However, uh, it was really, as I look back, it was it was really performance based acceptance. Mm. I was wanting the acceptance of others, and being able to get a trophy on stage scratches that itch, and that's a that's a slippery slope, and it slowly starts to become. If I perform and do well, people will like me. And so I'd say that really took over my thinking for a number of years. And as I grew in my faith, I realized my identity is not in the amount of knives I sell or the amount of uh, assets we manage or, uh, you know, the accolades or the trophies. Uh, it's, it's about um, who am I? Am I representing and honoring God and the things I say, think and do? And does my life lead others to pursue God? Well, John, we want to be mindful of all of the children that are in your care, custody, and control. <laughs> um, and so I know I speak for Lanier and um, all of our listeners on sales therapy that, you know, we're just so thankful that you were willing to give us some of your time and um, and share your wisdom um, and experience with us. And so uh, I know personally, you have, have meant a lot in my career. And, um, and so I'm excited that you know, we're getting the chance to share uh, our relationship with with those that are that are listening, and so um, you know, thank you so much for coming on and and being our inaugural interviewee. Um, and so, hopefully, this was was fun for you as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Lanier. So I was honored to uh, to be asked, and uh, you know, look forward to hearing more episodes and how the show progresses. Well, that will wrap up this session of sales therapy. We'll be back next week to talk about whether or not being a people person is enough to set you up for success in a sales career. And once again, we want to give a huge shout out to Pat Sullivan for his show music. You can find him at It's Pat Soul, S-O-U-L. Listeners, thank you for your reviews and shares. Please keep it going. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you and being with you on the next session of sales therapy. And this is Jonathan. This is Lanier. And we will see you at our next session.